Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Everything Jesus does is an act of love. Jesus' heart is burning in love for you and for the Pharisees. Jesus wants so badly that we come to faith in him. Everyone, the Pharisees, the people, the crowd. So when Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, it sounds like he's angry. Well, he is. He's speaking out of the, the type of anger that is love. But this word woe, it comes from the Greek word that signifies like oi. Have you guys ever like something hurt you and you go oi, like that hurt. Jesus' woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, is actually a symbol of his heart that is hurting for, the, for them who are so far from the truth. This word is like an exclamation of grief. He's in sorrow over their unbelief. Kids, kids, are you still with me? Are your parents ever hard on you? Do they ever yell at you or like kind of are mad at you and say, hey, don't do this, don't do this? Well, why do you think they do that? Do you think it's because they love you? They do, right? Proverbs 3 and Hebrews chapter 12 says, say this with me, whom the Father loves, he disciplines. It also continues and says, if the Father does not discipline you, you are not sons, you are bastards. You have no place in his family. And so if God loves you, he's going to discipline you. So children, when your parents are a little tough on you and they say, hey, you need to listen, See it as an act of love from your parents. It never feels good to receive correction. It never feels good to be told you're wrong. But we need it. And we need to die to ourselves and to our pride. We need to be humbled, especially when the person telling us what they're telling us is true. It's right. But kids, when your parents yell at you, do you feel like they love you? It doesn't feel that way. So parents, can you do something for me right now? Parents, you still with me? Parents, can you tell your children right now, I love you? Go ahead, I'm going to give you time. And tell them this, say, I love you, that's why I yell at you. Say that, please. I love you, that's why I discipline you. Whom the Father loves, he disciplines. Guys, don't talk in church. (laughs) Ab. All right, so... Jesus, before the, the eight woes, he says, woe to you, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. They have a conversation with him about who the Christ is, who is the Messiah. And Jesus really puts them in check. They say that the Messiah is the son of David. Okay. But then Jesus says, well, David was inspired by the Holy Spirit and he calls the Christ his Lord. So, Parents, would you ever call your children Lord? Of course not. And so the scribes and Pharisees are like, oh, Jesus, he just got me. He like did a mic drop on me. Verse 46, this is Matthew 22, it says, no one was able to answer him a word, and listen to this, nor from that day on did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Jesus put them in check, Out of love, right? Because he loves them. He put them in check. 
And instead of them drawing closer to him, they ran away. They said, oh, no, no, no. I don't want Jesus anymore. He threatens me. He threatens my power. He threatens my freedom. He threatens what I have. They misunderstood Jesus' heart. How common is that type of response for our children? Parents, when you're tough on your kids, how common is it for your kids to rebel against you and run away from you? Well, they're going to come back. Keep loving them. How common is that response of people running away when the priest or the bishop or the church authority, when we preach a hard message for your good because we love, that we have to speak truth. And because we speak these things, people leave. When the, when the church talks about marijuana, bye, okay, people say, I don't want this, bye. When the church talks about social and moral issues, they say, bye. When the church talks about theological issues, like the Eucharist is the body of Jesus Christ, people say, no, 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 no. John chapter 6, let's go to it. Jesus in John 6 says, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And then they're like, Jesus, this is hard. No, 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 this is crazy. And then Jesus said, uh-uh, I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it again. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. John 6, verse 66 says, As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. They couldn't take what Jesus said, and they left. The story continues. Jesus turns to his disciples and his apostles, and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter, the rock, correct? Peter says, Master, to whom shall we go? We have come we, have, we know and we have come to believe that you have the words of eternal life. When Jesus says something difficult, will we leave or will we stay? Right after this gospel that we read today, it's the lament over Jerusalem. Jesus goes on a high mountain and he looks upon Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how many times I yearn to gather your children together. Jesus' heart is weeping for you. This woe to you, this oi, this hurt, it's a pain. Jesus is in pain for those who reject him and for those who he knows very quickly are about to crucify him and kill him. But he still dies. He still loves. He will never give up on his children. So even when they leave, he won't give up even when those in, the, in our church have left because of a difficult message, they're going to come back. But why? Why will they come back? Because of love. Because Jesus loves. And the truth will convict hearts. I have no doubt that the truth will convict hearts. He says, as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you were unwilling. Behold, your house will be abandoned and desolate. Jesus wants our willingness to stay with him. So the question again is, when you hear something difficult, will you leave? There's a growing trend in just popular culture to say 
I'm spiritual and not religious. To say you're spiritual and not religious is really a problem with authority. You want to worship God your way, and it doesn't matter what God says, what any authority says. I don't need to listen to a priest or to a religious leader. And you become your own authority. This leads you, not you, but like people that say, I'm spiritual and not religious, it leads them to make God in their own image, to make their own truth. We've talked a lot about relativism, about your truth is your truth and making it up. Well, this is the, the same type of trend. I'm spiritual, not religious, because I don't need an authority to tell me what to do or how to be. Instead of you make God in your image, instead of God transforming you into his image. You know, this often comes, though, from a result of seeing authority used poorly. Like when you see a priest who, or you see a bishop or whoever that isn't living and using their authority in a correct way. So we see this injustice, maybe by church authority, and we rebel against it and we say, this is wrong. But look at what Jesus says in today's gospel. You still with me? Jesus says, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, this is from Jesus' mouth, Therefore, do and observe all things whatever they tell you, but do not follow their example. Jesus is saying, they have authority. They're on the chair of Moses. There's about to be a new authority, and that's me. And yet, their authority is still real. They sit on the chair of Moses. So do what they say. Listen to them. Jesus is not against religion. He instituted a church, and he created an authority. Many people leave the Catholic Church because of what a priest said, or what a bishop said, or what the Pope said. How many people leave the church because of this? But what they also leave is the Eucharist. So what is the foundation of church authority? There's thousands of disciples that Jesus calls, right? But how many apostles? How many apostles did Jesus pick? Twelve? Yeah? Good morning. Twelve apostles. And then he singled out one in which he would build his church upon. What was his name? Peter. The church's authority comes from divine appointment. It comes from the words of Jesus. My authority, every priest's authority, it, it, it doesn't come from I created it myself. Matter of fact, we are unworthy servants as priests. We need to humble ourselves even more because this, this, this great blessing of priesthood, this authority in which you listen to me. When I first became a priest, guys, I was shook by the fact that people listened to me. And I was like, oh, I, I, got, I actually got kind of scared. I was like, well, what if I lead them in the wrong direction? What if I'm doing it wrong? And so you literally, in a for a person of authority, all parents, parents, you felt this before. Parents, when you had your baby, you said, oh, whoa, this baby is my responsibility. I will basically build it up how it will be. Parents, priests, religious, people of authority, you have to humble yourself so low because you need God. In every family, there's authority. 
And so Jesus establishes a Christian family. He calls it his church, his holy Catholic church. And the apostles were the authority and are the authority. But in today's deconstructionist, individualist, anarchist type of society, people want to be their own authority. You hear defund the police. Okay, well, it's because they don't want authority. They don't want anybody telling them who or how we should be. And therefore, we become interpreters of our own truth. That's pride. But Jesus' advice remains. Do what they say, don't do what they do. This doesn't mean, though, like when I say do what I say, like listen to me, okay? Like parents, listen to me, kids. That doesn't mean blindly follow me. If I'm wrong, I should be checked. If I'm wrong, okay. So don't listen to everything a priest says, but check it based on what the truth is. But what if you don't know the truth? A lot of Catholics get all of their teaching and all of their learning and their knowledge of the faith from the homily. That's not enough. You need to check for yourself. What is the truth? Is the priest saying what's right? You know, many people want to be entertained. I see some of you falling asleep. I'm joking. I don't think so. Hopefully not. Many of you want a priest to be dynamic and passionate and all up in you. We, we're a culture that wants to be entertained. But more than entertainment, what I want for you, what I want you to want out of a priest, out of the authority, is not entertainment, but is the truth. A priest that is faithful and humble to what the church says. You should want a, a priest who's obedient to the truth. And so I ask you, pray for your priests. Pray for your leaders. Dedicate a rosary for them. Pray that they're humble enough to recognize that our authority in God, from God, is a gift that is meant to be in humble service. It's meant to be for love. Jesus has authority over all, and yet he humbles himself to the point of a cross. He dies for our sins. He loves you. And so when he checks you, receive it out of love. Say this with me. For whom the Father loves, he disciplines. I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.